This is an unconventional episode because I'm not talking leadership development or business strategy, but I'm instead answering a question I get a lot. What do your days look like? And as someone who does like to know how other people are doing what they do, I thought it would be a fun detour to pull back the curtain on our crazy life and share a very honest and messy glimpse into our world here on the Hartke Homestead. So once I shared publicly that we do life without any childcare, so our kids, all four of them, are home with us all day, every day. We don't live near family. We homeschool. No babysitters or nannies. People became increasingly inquisitive as to how we do it. So today is my attempt to share how. Let's do it. Hey, you're listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz. This is the space where we equip overwhelmed entrepreneurs to become the confident, visionary leader their business, team, family, legacy need to win. After working with countless entrepreneurs over the last decade plus, I've noticed this theme. No matter the level of success they achieved, and I've worked with some incredibly successful business owners, they get to this point where they're asking, now what? You know, what am I being called to next? What does next look like? How do I get there? If you're listening to this, you get it. You're craving more impact, and you want to feel less frantic and in the weeds of your day-to-day roles, and instead lead with that vision and that peace and that intention and that clarity. You want to wake up each morning with that clarity and vision and the time and the margin to do what you love in your business and in your life with your family. This show is where industry leaders come to grow into their next level of achievement and purpose and impact and legacy, success in business and true legacy at home. Get ready because we both know you don't just need another strategy. It is time for your breakthrough. Buckle up, luminaries, because if you're riding with the Hartke clan, you need a freaking helmet. Okay, I'm sharing the honest, transparent view into our world, how we homeschool, run our business, and do life on the Hartke homestead. So a little backstory so you have a reference point if you're new here, or even if you've been with me for a while, you probably don't know all the details because I historically suck at sharing them. So let's do it. I went into business, entrepreneurship, pre-kids. It was actually before Michael and I were even married. So there has been a tremendous amount of transformation over the years. And I think that's how it should be, right? You adjust as your life adjusts. You become aware of what you want. You make changes accordingly. So before kids, when we were newlyweds and we just moved in together, Michael was studying for his professional actuarial exams after a long workday. So he'd be off at work in his job all day. I'd be home working all day on the business. Then he'd come home. We'd have a quick dinner together. And then we'd sit in the living room. It was this tiny little, (laughs) it was like three rooms in one, our living room. And we'd sit in there. And it wasn't uncommon for me to work from whenever I got up until we both crashed around midnight. I had the stamina back then. I was young. I was so young, so wasted on my youth. And he had to study anyway for these exams. So we would just be together and he'd be studying and I'd be working. When kids came into the picture, it shifted, obviously. Michael was still working full time and I was home with our son as I ran our business. I did that nap time hustle grind. We all know it. And then with time, I had enough profit to be able to hire someone for just about six hours a week. Honestly, it was that was all I was willing to do. I felt so much guilt around bringing in support for six hours a week. I felt bad about it. If anyone worked in a nine to five, they'd 
stick their kid in daycare all day without thinking twice and no one would judge it. But when you run your own business, for some people like have an issue with the fact that you're not doing it all at once. So anyway, and I'd pack all of my client meetings into that six hour slot over the course of two days because that was the one thing I couldn't do with a kid in tow. Like when I was on calls, he was so little at the time, he'd be screaming and didn't work. Then we brought Michael home from the workforce and we would divide and conquer at home. And soon we added more kids into the equation and our business started to pick up steam. So we had a little more child care to help. We never had full-time care when we lived out east. Plus I'd fill in the gaps at night or on the weekends. But the shift came for us when we moved from Boston to Wisconsin away from family and our business was more than full-time in demand. I was working 50 plus hours a week. Honestly, back then, I'm sure it was way more. And Michael soon joined me in the business. At first, our oldest was in school. And then we had one more at home, a little one. And then soon we added our third. I could work with a baby in tow. That's my thing. Once I have a baby, the first six months we're attached to the hip. I like that baby to just feel totally connected and attached to me. Plus I'm breastfeeding like around the clock. But my time was being pulled now at this point in the business into interviews and client meetings and consulting calls and other obligations that started to require my full focus. And at the same time, we were being called to homeschool our kids. It was just this crazy, I don't know, I feel like this is how our whole life goes is that it's never one thing for us. It's like 10 at the same time. So the puzzle we were trying to piece together was quality time together, homeschool, which was new to us. Neither of us were homeschooled and a growing business plus a few other periphery businesses that we run on our farm that we're still trying to figure out and both of us working full time. So that was when we brought a nanny into our home and it allowed us to be the ones to still homeschool our kids, which we would tag team and we could see them throughout the day because we were home with them. But we also had someone that we totally adored who enhanced our family, lived by our values, loved our kids, just come alongside us and be able to So we could go provide for our family, too, just like someone working out of the house. And at that same time, our team grew significantly because our business was growing so fast. And we had more people depending on us both at home and in our business. And we were expanding pretty rapidly. And late at night, after we'd get the kids down, cleaned up the house, finally had time to catch our breath and talk, we would ask each other, man, is this what we want? Is this what we want? We like dreamed of this. It's happening. It's taking off. What a blessing. Is this what we want? It almost felt like we had built a monster and it was humbling realizing, wait a minute, we teach people how to not do this. And are we doing it? Do we need to reevaluate? So for a while, we convinced ourselves this is the only way. People can't build a business of this size with this much demand while watching their kids. Like it's just not a thing. Our kids are so little. It's not like they're grown and doing their own things. They're also young and dependent. And if we were going to grow our business this much in this season, how else could we do it? Right? We felt like we were trying to get over a hump. And then we had a fourth kid, ultimately, fast forwarding a little bit, but I'll come to that part, who needed constant attention and full-time hours that we also had to fill for the business. But both of us kept coming back to that same question. Something was nagging us to consider an even more unconventional path than we were on. And trust me, ask either of our sets of parents, we were unconventional. We're definitely the black sheep of both crews. And then one day, our nanny, who we really, we still truly love her. She's just fantastic. Just became, had become a part of our family, came to us one day with tears in her eyes, telling us she had to leave, that they as a family had decided they too were going to homeschool their boys and it was time for her to go home to be with them. And 
per usual, not coincidentally, like I said, we do 10 things at once. This is as we were gearing up for probably the most stressful growth period we'd ever experienced and our biggest launch yet. And we were also weeks away from welcoming that fourth baby I told you was coming. She told us through her tears that the Lord had come to her and given her very clear instruction that she didn't understand because she and her family desperately needed the income that nannying gave them, but she chose to trust him. And in retrospect, I think a lot of that call in her life was for her and her family and their connection, but it was also for us because I don't think we would have had the courage to make that decision. And I believe so wholeheartedly that sometimes God will thrust you into what he's been trying to beat your head against the wall with that you're just not hearing. And it will feel like he's pulling the rug out from under you when in reality, he's putting the path underneath you. He's doing what you don't have the courage to do or the foresight to do. So Michael and I were totally devastated at the time. Like, how would we get through this season until we found someone to help us? Because we had been through this before, right, of turnover with nannies. It happens. So that day we sent the kids outside to play and we retreated into the office and the nanny had left and we needed like a minute to wrap our heads around it and talk it through because we knew what our schedule was going to look like for the next few months. We had lost good nannies before for various reasons, and we always just would immediately put out feelers and find another one, just like another family that works full time, right? And that was obviously what we were going to do again, especially based on this crazy season that we had stepped into and was only about to get crazier. So we sat silently in the office. I still remember this moment so clearly, and I just felt the overwhelm. And then out of nowhere, I felt flooded with peace, like this just clear moment of it's going to be okay. And then without thinking, like I don't even think the words, I didn't formulate the words, they just came out of my mouth and I said to my husband, we're not going to replace her, we're doing this ourselves. And he looked at me and said, I know, I just heard the same thing. It was wild and it made no sense to us because based on our reality, it wasn't going to work. We were running as fast as we ever had. The demands were so high. So that night after we got the kids down, we went back out to the living room, had a fire in the fireplace. We're like, we need to just calm our nervous system for a minute. And we talked through that conclusion that had made little sense to us in the office earlier that day. But it was so obviously clear at the same time. Something big was about to change for us. We were entering into a new calling and a new life. And the business we were racing to build had just become bigger and faster than we wanted. And the size of our team and the demand of our fulfillment on our products, everything. So like we often do, we swung the pendulum really hard in the other direction. And that's just our MO, Michael and I. When we become aware that something isn't working for us, we leap two feet into the uncomfortable sacrifices necessary to change things. And we don't like it, It sucks, by the way, but we do it. So if you've been with me for a little while, maybe you remember last year I took a visionary leadership sabbatical. This was the kickoff of it. We packed up our stuff, including some baby things in case I went into labor because I was that close to having the baby. And we went off the grid up to our family cabin in the dead of the Wisconsin winter. And we spent our days on long snowy walks and sitting by the fire reworking our life plan And it happens to the best of us. Sometimes we just get so focused on growth for the sake of growth that we don't pay attention to what the growth might look like or lead to. So it was just time for us to adjust. That time was some of the most fruitful time I have ever had in business. Also, some of the most painful time. Because I, there was so much change that had to happen. We felt so pulled to recalibrate our lives and to streamline and to grow the right way. 
And this isn't the episode to talk about the pain that came with that pruning process, what my ego had to endure, like making our team smaller, reworking some of our offers, getting focused on what we really wanted and for what reasons, getting out of the grind of the day-to-day when I'd become so attuned with it. But I felt like coming out of that dark season, like I was a butterfly shedding its cocoon. And that was when we entered fully into what our life is today that I want to paint a picture of as best as I can, because it is a goulash, we'll say. It's like a gumbo. (laughs) It never looks the same twice. It's all mooped together, if that's a word. It's just, it is what it is. I have a lot of peers and friends and clients who have come to the farm for scaling up the farm where we rework your business in two days. Just a lot of things where like people have observed are crazy and it really sheds a lot of light on what it actually is. It's hard to put into words, but I'll do my best. So the nutshell is we have four kids. We homeschool. We have a thriving business, even far more thriving than we did a year ago. And together we have uh, a mightier team now, smaller but mightier team, bigger opportunities that I still can't quite share yet because they're in the legality phases, but so exciting, very full circle, crazy direction things have gone. And We feel just really aligned with our values and the life we want to live. And it's just Michael and I running the show at home. And it was a huge freaking adjustment. (laughs) It was so sloppy at first because we were so used to our old demands that didn't just go away overnight. Just because we decided, okay, leadership sabbatical, going up north. It's not like things just shut down. We still had commitments and we had to get time under our belt. We had to give ourselves time to get our sea legs. And we also had to reprioritize. That was probably the biggest part. We used to care about a perfectly clean house or like at least a countertop that didn't look like we just got ransacked. Now we don't. We used to take that on ourselves and sometimes bring in external support like a house cleaner or whatever. And now we function as a team with our kids. We're cleaning and working together, right? Which has been a huge blessing for them and for us. We used to work standard work days and some if we're being honest, which meant we would fill the time because we had it. So if I knew I had a nanny from nine to five, like nine to five was going to get filled. Now we're way more efficient. We're, we have such good systems in place. We're so focused on the stuff that actually matters and moves the needle versus just stuff filling the time. And we just don't set the expectation that a workday should look normal or like compared to how other people do it. We've really broken free of comparison. Like this last year, I'll still not on social that much. We have someone that runs my social media, so I'm not really consuming a lot, but I am on there sometimes. And when I am, I will see other people's lives and it doesn't even, I don't know, it doesn't even penetrate. I hardly notice because I'm just like, yeah, we know we're so in left field and it's not even worth making comparison because it's so different than how most people are living. And that's fine with us. This is what we want. And we're proud of it. Like we We love what we're building and we love that our priorities are in check. And I've really learned to live in a posture of leadership, right? What are the high leverage moves I need to make each day to ensure healthy growth of our company that also aligns with how we want to live? That's it. High leverage moves, the things that I need to do today that are going to move the needle. No busy work or BS that sucks my time and makes me feel like I'm important? What are the things that I need to do as the leader of this company to ensure it continues to grow? And I do those things and they compound and it leads to exponential growth. And I think more than anything probably that I could highlight in changes is I've just chilled out. I just don't take myself so seriously. My big thing is 
we ain't fancy, right? So you join our high-level masterminds. They're freaking high-level. Like these are absolutely incredible entrepreneurs. We are talking about stuff that you cannot find on the internet. This is so powerful, what we do and the transformations that come from it. And sure as shite, I'm going to be in jeans, chucks, and a t-shirt. I've just reduced any expectations that I have to fit a certain mold because I know I'm we're really good at what we do and we we serve our people really well and it's going to look what's authentic to us. And in this season, that's what's authentic to us. I'm going to be nursing my baby as I'm reworking a $100,000 deal and that's just the role I'm in and I'm good with that. I don't have to fit the mold anymore. I still maintain really high expectations of myself, my team, but I'm so much more agile and adaptable as to how I get there, right? It doesn't have to look cookie cutter anymore. For the curious types, what do our weeks look like? It's hard to break this down because no two weeks are the same, but we do have some rhythms. It's helped us a lot starting last year on sabbatical since we really dug into our family plan and the life that mattered most to us to live. What comes first? What is actually mission critical to us? What, if we look back on our days, would we regret not prioritizing or not doing? Just so much came into focus for us when we did that. So much came into focus. I actually took that process and I put it into an actual framework and course that lives inside your breakthrough year. So if you're looking for things that are going to help you figure that out and then have the business systems to support it, whatever you decide is your life plan, go to luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash YBY. And depending on when you're listening to this, you're either getting on the wait list for your breakthrough year for when it opens soon or you can join. Just depends on the timing. For us, we saw that our call to homeschool wasn't just some little change in our kids' schooling like we had originally thought, but it was a movement for our family. It was a call to be together, to raise leaders, to connect more deeply as a family, to prioritize family, to spark a passion for learning, to allow our kids to really lean into their bent. So that became a bigger focus for us. We also saw that we were way too deep into the weeds of the business and not seeing seeing it all from a leadership vantage point like we once were, meaning we just got sucked into the vortex. It happens. It happens. It's hard to not make it happen. It's like a new level, new devil thing. We had really mastered the leadership thing and being in that vantage point. And then we hired so much more and had bigger demands and then got sucked into that vortex. So we were working hard, which we're very capable of and accustomed to, but we lost sight of the fact that how we get there matters to us. Like the work that we were doing matters to us. So we really reevaluated our business model and our team and how we work. And with those changes, we were able to increase our profits and our margins and get back a lot of our time through systems and strategic hires and intentional efforts and just really further leadership development for us. So this is a little snapshot into our weeks. Keep in mind these intentionally shift based on the season we're in. So right now at the time of this recording, we're in a season where Michael is on the kids 70% of the time in a work day. Come three o'clock, we're even. But I'm talking like in our work day and I'm on them 30% of the time. That will shift in the seasons where we need more efforts around our systems, our ads, et cetera, that Michael covers in the back end. So that means right now, Michael is the primary lead in homeschooling. So we both get up really early. This allows us to have those hours of really intentional time. And Michael is in the four o'clock hour. I just can't get myself there right now, but I'm in the five o'clock hour. And that's where we do our leader's morning checklist. So if you haven't done, that's a free resource. We just extracted that process and you can adapt it to your life if you have little babies or you got stuff going on. So if you go to luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash checklist, you can download that and make it your own. It's one of our most sought after 
resources. But that time is when we create time for prayer and writing and visionary time and health thing related things. And it just steadies us before jumping into kids and work, which is a lot. Like we've got four of them and they're young and they want our attention. Our kids have their own leaders morning. And that's been huge for all of us. Obviously, our one-year-old isn't participating, but our three oldest ranging from ages four to eight know that upon waking, they have their own list of things that they do to help get them ready for the day. Time with God and making their beds and getting dressed and brushing their teeth and hair and picking up their room, our three oldest share a room, and then whatever their designated morning chore is. So our oldest empties the dishwasher, our daughter goes down to feed the chickens, and our other daughter feeds our dog. And then doing something they enjoy. They do Legos, they read, they draw, or usually they're just playing with each other. Then they come upstairs and we do breakfast as a family. We really prioritize meals. So we make everything from scratch at home. Cooking is a huge part of our culture as a family. It was a major part of the culture I grew up in as in, a, in an Italian Arabic household. Everything revolved around food and good food, quality food, wholesome food, fresh food. And that's what we do. So we do a full breakfast. It's not cereal. It's not carbs and sugar and then wonder why they act up. It's not rushed. It's a part of why we choose this life and why we would do things outside the box to preserve it. We love that we can set the pace and prioritize family. If we're saying it's number one, make it number one. We're not rushing off to something. And one of our greatest values is family. And we found it really hard to honor that value when we hardly left any time for it to exist. So after breakfast... We clean up together and then one of us will take on homeschool while the other jumps into work. So if it's Michael, like right now in this season, he's schooling the three oldest. And our seasons, by the way, it could be three weeks. It could be three months. It just varies. We plan them ahead of time. While our oldest, or I'm sorry, our littlest one is either taking her morning nap or hangs out around us while homeschool. And then I go start my work day. So homeschool for us can look different day to day. Maybe it's outside. Maybe it's reading aloud together. Could be math lessons out of a book or going down to the workshop to build with Michael and they're learning to measure as their math lesson. We really try to keep it open. We do have a curriculum. We've been using the good and the beautiful. I'm trying to get a discount code for you guys, but I haven't been successful. I also haven't tried that hard. (laughs) So stay tuned if you're homeschooling. We like that as just a foundational piece, but we try to go outside the box too. We just didn't want to recreate school at home. Right. That's what we tried to do in the beginning because we had no idea what we were doing. And we've just learned that it wasn't the right approach. So we've been working to find our own rhythms where our kids thrive in their learning and really get to lean in to what makes them come alive. Like my son is such a creator. Like his brain is this weird combination of an engineer and an artist. He he sees things differently and we really want to foster that. So creating opportunities for him to do more of it has been huge and it helps him learn. If we can incorporate the crap he doesn't want to do into activities like that, he learns the crap he doesn't feel like learning and he doesn't even realize. So that foundational school stuff is usually complete in an hour or two. That's just the blessing of homeschool. Everybody thinks, oh, you got to school him for five or six hours. Nope. It's unbelievable how efficient you can be when you're one person to one to a couple of kids lasering in on exactly how they learn. And then we incorporate other lessons that don't really feel like learning to them, like art projects or cooking or taking care of the elderly in our community or just things that we deem important. And it's really helped us to live this lifestyle by teaching our kids the power of team. They see now that they are part of something bigger than themselves, and that's super important to us. We live in such an individualistic culture and a selfish culture, and we just, we want them to be individuals and their own people, but at the same time, they are a part of a family, and that family is a top priority. And 
they're there for the betterment of that family and to contribute and to work together. And that's how we're confident that everyone says you have 18 years with your kids. I could do write a whole book on this that I think that's BS. I think that's the result of the American or North American culture that's broken. When you go to other cultures, you don't just have 18 years with your kids because those kids are a part of something bigger than themselves for a lifetime. If you preserve it, if you work hard to create that and help teach them that young. So they see a need and they look and help to fill it like you would on a team. Sometimes they need the nudge because they're young or a reminder, but now they're starting to do it without hesitation. If I'm prepping a meal and our baby is fussy and wanting attention, but I can't pick her up right now because I have boiling water on the stove, one of our older kids just swoops in with a toy and entertains her, plays with her, or picks her up and bounces her. I don't have to ask because they see this is a group that we're all a part of. And I can support that group too. And it's built their confidence so tremendously. My six-year-old is confident when the baby's crying, picking her up, going to grab her uh, age-appropriate snack and feeding her without even having to ask me. It's so cool to watch. And it's just allowed us to live in harmony. It's allowed us to do this life. Because if we were just a bunch of individuals sharing space, like the way we live would be a disaster. It would be torture for all of us. And instead of just us being two parents drowning in all the demands of life, although sometimes it feels like that too, <laughs> we have this harmony and this synergy that allows us to work together. So our work days have elements of tap in and tap out, divide and conquer as needed. We share a calendar, so we intentionally don't overlap calls or obligations like that, meetings for work. So if Michael has a call, I come hang with the kids. If I have a call, he's on kid duty. And we just always have one of us freed up for the kids. That's always a priority for us. We also have family work blocks where our kids will be doing an art project that we plan ahead of time while we sit and get some of our own work done right alongside them. And it's not just like mom sitting on her phone. They know exactly what we do for a living. They know the projects we're working on. They know who we're serving. We show them pictures. We talk about the outcomes that will come from it and they feel a part of it. So they feel like they're contributing by giving us that time and that space. And you really learn quickly when you live like this to let things go. I think, okay, so let me back up. I think a lot of people in this type of situation that have built a business that allows both parents to be home, one parent is 100% on the kids and the other one runs the business. We do not live that way. We both run our company. And like I said, we shift based on the needs in that season. Or if I'm having a baby, like obviously I'm way more on kid duty and Michael's picking up slack in the business and we plan our projects around that. And So this is a unique dynamic. I haven't met a ton of entrepreneurial families that are truly entrepreneurial families, like where both parents are in it. And I would say if that's of interest to you, just don't tell yourself it's not a possibility. What do you need to do, strip away, become, fight for, sacrifice to make it happen? And then if it's worth it to you based on your priorities, then fight for it. I, I can't tell you this has not been easy or pretty or simple or even desirable sometimes, but the outcomes that we want, the vision that we have requires us to lean into it. So my words of wisdom would just be don't ever tell yourself something's not available to you. That's the biggest crock of crap that you could sell yourself and sell yourself short on and limit your potential with. Now, do you have to maybe do things that 99.99% of the population would never do? Sure. Do you have to sacrifice things that most people would never give up? Absolutely. Like, we don't watch TV. We just don't. Like, we don't have the capacity for it. It's just not a thing. Like, we're not lazy. Like, we don't sit around. We don't. The cool thing is it strips out the stuff that you used to do because you 
do not have the capacity for it. It just goes away. We don't sit scroll our phones. It's just not allowed. We don't have the space for it. And you just learn to let things go. Not let your house go to crap. We ve- Our house isn't always a bomb went off sometimes, but not always. But you let go of low priority things in that moment. The fact that it's January 10th at the time of this recording and all of our Christmas stuff is still up, don't care. Very low priority. It's not hurting anybody. There are about a thousand things that are more important. Maybe check back in April. Might be down, might not. At that point, sometimes the tree, we have a real tree, like preserves. And maybe we'll just keep it up till next Christmas. Who cares? I'm kidding, but not really. Or things like paying your taxes. I'm joking. We actually totally kick ass with finances and have blocks of time each month. This is something I would recommend. Don't make it during work hours or kid hours. Make it at night. Make it a date. Have fun charcuterie board to make it not so painful. And we set aside times each month in the evenings. We make it nice. We light a fire. And it's dedicated to staying on top of our investments and our taxes and our finances and our P&L and all of that. So that is actually not low priority. I joke, I kid. But it's been such a beautiful transformation for us. So much stuff got stripped away. When I think back to what I thought mattered before I've been freed from it, it's been such a gift. At first, it was because we didn't have the capacity. Scrolling, right? Things like that. And then it was because I think we saw it didn't serve us. It just didn't serve our family. It didn't serve our mission. And I see some of my peers and the stress they're under is just greater than us. We might be juggling more because we don't have the help, but we have less stress because they still believe that they have to live an Instagram worthy life or that they need their kids in every freaking activity or they need to say yes to every business opportunity because it's going to make them look good or they're worried about homework for their kids or just elaborate trips or juggling all the things they've bought or having a perfectly manicured lawn or color-coded toy room and we've just very much adopted the who gives a shite attitude around that stuff and it's totally not a criticism to people who value it. I have friends that are like queens of organizing more power to them it enhances their life it makes them better but if it doesn't enhance your life or make you better and it's an extra stress and it doesn't help you thrive it's got to go and the last year has been a lot of letting things go so I strategically plan out my day in blocks we do this ahead of time and I coordinate those blocks with my team and with Michael so I have two to three hour content blocks because content is probably one of my top priorities right now in the business and I'll have all my calls on one day It's been a game changer. Things like that free me up for bigger blocks with my family or blocks where Michael can tag in and do his work. And I remember when we first started doing this, we were exhausted. (laughs) We went from working 50-hour weeks, someone taking care of our kids and keeping our house clean throughout the day, and then tapping in with the kids after the workday to working those weeks while running the house and the kids. And in the beginning, we were up till midnight or 1 a.m., And up by four or five just to squeeze it all in until we finally got streamlined and got our footing. But I remember just saying to Michael back then, this is the best kind of tired I've ever felt. It was just so rewarding. Not this badge of honor, look at all that we're doing it on our own, but more so like a knowing that we were honoring what mattered to us and doing whatever it took. It was like we are finally, we're taking back control of where we really want to go as a family and we're willing to do what's required. It would have been easier to hire someone again, for sure. But we knew that would keep us from living a life of full integration that we felt called to in this season, so we accepted the challenge. 
And eventually we created some systems, mostly in the business, that freed us up from having to overwork. In fact, a lot of what we implemented in the last year has changed the game for our business. So much growth, so much more profit, and so much time back at the same time. So if you feel how we used to feel, which I know a lot of people do, we've realized a lot of what we've had to figure out is what other people need. So we've been putting it all in one place so you can steal our strategies and systems at work because we want more families to be able to be healthy and together and, and making an impact on that next generation. So you can go to luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash YBY and that's where you can get access to those systems. So we then come back together for lunch. So that's the morning block is homeschool and me or Michael working. And that's our midday break. Again, life revolves around a hearty, healthy meal. And then our kids go outside for a little bit. Usually we'd like to get the kids out. Our kids are outside anywhere, depending on the weather. Like right now, we're, I'm staring out the window at a foot and a half of snow we just got. But they were outside for a good four hours today. They will go outside anywhere from four to six hours a day. When it's nice out, sometimes more. We do the whole day outside. And in the afternoon, that's when the baby naps. And it allows Michael and I just to have that check-in and see if the original plan for the afternoon still stands. Do I need more time for a project? Or did something come up? Does he need a breather from the little crazies? Do we need to problem solve something together? That's our time to do it. And we tried not to get too bogged down in all life has to offer during the day like that. Laundry, bills, etc. during those work hours. It's helped us to set aside time during the week strategically for that stuff. In the evenings, on a Saturday, just being more intentional about it. And then we wrap up our work day at 3, whether he or I am working more that day. And I've learned to work with kids playing in the background. I've learned to just lighten up and be able to say to clients, yep, I've got a lot of kids. So you'll probably hear one of them and not act like I'd turn to stone if a child popped into my office during a meeting needing a hug. It's not the end of the world. And I've learned not to prioritize things like money for the sake of money or a perfect house for the sake of Instagram. And I've learned how to get really streamlined and strategic where I could massively grow my business without recreating that corporate life that I escaped 13 years ago. We're just more agile. Sick kid, okay, cool, I'll just work at night, no big deal. Sunny day, seems like hooky's the right call, I'll catch up on it later, let's go to the lake. I should also mention, before this starts to sound too rosy, my kids are like borderline feral. We've raised three, and knowing my luck, four straight up alpha kids. They're energetic, they're opinionated, they're loud, they're fun, they're insanely creative, they're just powerhouses, and every room is a fort at all time, and my son is an inventor, and he's just creating the wildest inventions that usually involve a whole lot of tape and string connecting the two furthest rooms in the house. They just play hard, and they're so loud. <laughs> I'll often have to repeat myself at, I don't know, the decibel level of a lion's roar while jumping like a total spaz just to be acknowledged. So it's definitely not always pretty. My office has baby toys at my feet where my one-year-old plays while I write $100,000 proposals and mid-podcast interview, I'll often hear a note slipped under the door with some sibling's grievance or a snack request. It's a freaking trip. It's just every day is a trip. It's so funny and it's so fun and it's so chaotic and it's and we have our rhythm. Like it somehow is really working for us. And by ending the day around three, we've been together all day, but in a more rhythmic way then we just have the rest of that time together. We can cook nice meals as a family, have dinners that aren't rushed, which means bedtimes that aren't rushed. So the kids feel like they get that attention, that extra attention they want when we're trying to get them to go to bed. Fridays work-wise are my visionary days. So I work four hours 
only on leadership work and then check out early. I usually take one of the kids out or go play outside. And Friday nights are our pizza and a movie night where we make pizzas and watch an old school movie that Michael and I loved as kids and our kids now love. They're on a Mighty Ducks kick. And Saturdays, we that's when we like just catch up. We catch up on some house stuff, laundry, we play a ton, we crank the music, set a timer, see who can put their laundry away the fastest or clean up their designated area in the house the fastest. Just move the needle a little bit on maybe some stuff that fell through the cracks that weren't top priority. And Sundays are our Sabbath. So we go to church, we have a big family brunch every Sunday when we come home, and then we just chill. It's just a slow day, board games, playing, whatever, naps. And it just changes as we change right? The roles shift depending on the season or the need. And what it boils down to for us is that we're a team. We're a team in alignment, in mission together. We're together, we're figuring it out together, and it's working really well for us. And if you can let go of all the stuff you think matters and grab a hold to what really matters, which isn't much in business and in life, it's possible. It comes with major sacrifices, sometimes of sleep or support or sanity, but it's gotten us to where we want to be and more importantly, who we want to be. And most importantly, in alignment with what God's called us to, we've just heeded the call as he's called us. I don't know. It might change. There might come a time where there will be a season where we absolutely bring in help or we have a bajillion more kids and we need it. Or I have no idea. I'm staying totally open. Nothing's written in stone, but this has been a huge blessing on our lives. And I just felt compelled to share it because I don't often share the little intricacies of the day-to-day. I hope this spoke to you. And if it did, feel free to share it. If you're like, wow, that's weird. Other people should hear this. (laughs) Or, hey, go check out this family. They're absolutely crazy. But I just hope it helps you in some way. And if nothing else, it doesn't have to look like us, right? But the it's permission to do what you're called to do and make the changes necessary to get there because you can. We have one shot at life, one, one opportunity. So just do it. Go all out. Thank you for tuning in. Please leave a review if you haven't. It's something we're so grateful for. We read and look at every single one and sending you and your family and your business blessings. Thanks for tuning in. I hope today's episode gave you what you needed. If it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next powerful episode. And I know it's so cliche to ask for a review. It always feels weird asking for one. But you guys, that makes a huge impact on the show. We read every one of them and it helps us get incredible guests to serve you. Don't be shy. I love connecting with our listeners. You can follow along on Instagram when I'm on there at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question or a guest you have for us, reach out, share your thoughts. You can connect at marketing at luminaryleadershipco.com. And we do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve you. Thanks for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. Tune in next week to keep building your legacy and becoming the confident visionary leader you are meant to be.